Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and his cousin Jared and the pop to their snap and crackle, Jake. Nice. I like that one. Gives you sports betting tips. I am Professor Side. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Side. You can follow my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared. And you can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today is Friday, March 11th, 2022. And this episode covers today's best college basketball bets. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread and total should be for every Division I college basketball game. That information, along with a graded A, B, or C pick for each of today's games not covered in this episode, is available in the Google Sheet linked in the show's description. A picks are the ones I love, B picks are the ones I like, and C picks are the leans. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, yesterday, the model uh, had a good day uh, on this here podcast. I went six and one. USC let us down, had them minus five. They won by four, otherwise cleaned the slate. So that was a lot of fun, uh, at least for me personally. Jake, what is one thing we need to know? So the big thing that happened last night, basketball-wise, was uh, Arizona lost to Chris during the middle of the game, or Chris, however you say his name. And it didn't look great. He says it's questionable for tonight, but it did not look like anything fun. I wouldn't expect you tonight. And it'd be something to keep your eye on. One, he's a very important player. And two, how, how does Tommy Lloyd handle this? Does he, you know, back off to kind of prevent another injury? Because they're safely in and probably safely a one seed. Or does he still go for the Pac-12 title? It's kind of, since he's a first-year coach, it's really hard to judge how important that tournament title is to him since he got the regular season one. And then secondly, this is just kind of a programming type deal. We're, uh, we're creating a ESPN bracket group for all the bracket things. Like when that, those come out, the group's already created. The uh, the password to it is uh, lowercase, all lowercase professor. It's, the name is the name of the show, Picks with a Professor. Feel free to join, see if you can beat us. We're just picking winners, so maybe you can beat us, maybe you can't. All right, and then a reminder about the schedule for the week. Uh, live episode tomorrow. We'll go back with the live shows uh, tomorrow. That'll be 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. Join. If you're a subscriber, you can hop on that chat and ask us questions. Uh, we'll answer questions about any game that we have uh, time for. We'll probably go a little bit longer. Uh 30-ish games tomorrow, so lots of fun ones tomorrow. And then we'll do a recorded Sunday episode uh, we're still making that push for a thousand YouTube subscribers. Had a lot yesterday, so really appreciate all of you that did. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. We love it when you do that. Thank you so much. If we can get to that thousand, we will break down every single tournament game as bonus content. So uh, Jake and I will uh, will just not sleep for the whole week. We'll just be constantly putting out content for you guys. We won't, yeah, keep, guys. We won't make it that long. Yeah, guys, y'all start hydrating now for that yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly thankfully after the first two days it gets a little bit easier right it's, it's kind of like a downhill thing it's those first two days that are gonna be kind of crazy um today we've got an afternoon game to start us off with uh 2 30 p.m eastern 1 30 central st louis and st bonaventure the model thinks that st louis should be a two and a half point favorite so i've got a b pick on st louis minus one we have faded the bonnies on this here podcast I swear once a week, maybe twice a week. Um, they have underperformed my numbers. So I look into that. I, I keep metrics on that to kind of see like, am I always playing a team, always fading, team, always taking it over and under, and I'm just, and I'm missing. 
in that regard. Uh, we fade the Bonnies a lot, but they have underperformed my numbers, so I don't think that it's been bad to fade them. It's gone 9 and 9, though, so it hasn't really been overly profitable. The reason I like this pick is that the model's 13 and 5 back in St. Louis, so this is less a play about fading the, the Bonnies, which again, we always seem to do, and more about I like St. Louis. They've been good to us, they've overperformed uh, my model by two points per game, so. I thought they should do well. They've done better than I thought they should do. I don't see any reason why that changes here. The number is great uh, at minus one. You don't have to have them, you know, hardly win by anything. And worst case scenario, they win and you push, right? So I think the number is fantastic at minus one. I think they're a better team than St. Bonaventure. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I like the St. Louis team. I know they've lost twice and it was back-to-back games to St. Bonaventure. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think they get it done this time. It's really hard to beat a team three times in a row as we've seen in several cases uh, in other conference tournaments. But all the metrics, like er- every metric, St. Louis is just a little bit better than St. Bonaventure, uh, every one of them, except for turnovers. Um, in both matchups, they had St. Louis had 10 more turnovers than uh, St. Bonaventure at least. And so as long as they solve that and bring it down to, I don't know, seven or eight more instead of 10, they killed two extra possessions and they, went and they win the game because both losses were single digits. So you don't know what – like when those turnovers happen and what that changes in a game, like momentum or like what what kind of point swing it was, if it's a five-point swing because St. Bonaventure hits a three. So I really think once they get that solved, and that's something the coach is going to be preaching because I'm sure that's making him pull his hair out, uh, is just going – I think they get it done. I think I think they fix that. And they, they're not going to all of a sudden not turn the ball over at all because it was 17 and 18 turnovers in both those games. But – I think they bring that down closer to the 15 or 10 mark, and that gives them the extra possessions to win the game. And and what you said makes a lot of sense there, too. Something to keep in mind with all these conference tournaments. Today is the last day that you have starting the tournament, so you've had the whole week to prep. Now, there are a couple of exceptions with that with some of the weird games tomorrow where they've had off days where you've had time to prep. So a couple of those to keep in mind. But most of the games after today are you just played yesterday. So you may not have as much time to correct the issues right like that. But on this one, you 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 did specifically and the whole it's tough to beat a team three times again a lot of that is because you have time to prep and adjust they've had that time here because this is the first matchup of their tournament as opposed to if you have a rematch and later in the tournament it might it's still hard to beat them three times but it's a little bit harder to implement those game changes so uh, like you said a good point there that the turnovers are the problem but they've had all week to kind of figure out here's how the bodies are going to pressure you into those turnovers here's how we try to limit those how to prevent a couple of them and that could be the difference uh in that one jared what do you have for us so i'm on the under 139 here uh the model has had 13 plays on st louis overs this year but only five plays on st louis under so that definitely caught my eye it has been profitable on those uh five unders this year so i'm just going to go with the model seeing something here that i don't see and and i feel good about the under 139. All right, we've got a couple of Big East games that are going to be really interesting here. 530 Central, Creighton versus Providence. Providence is a short three-point favorite, a total of 131 and a half. Uh, Creighton continues to surprise me. They had a nice win yesterday, kind of tried to blow it there late, but for the most part, seemed to handle that game pretty well and handle what Marquette threw at them. Um, 
Creighton has overperformed my numbers, but Providence has overperformed them by even more. And so in that situation, I don't think there's any negative Creighton bias, or if so, I have an, a negative Providence bias that's even larger. So the, the math says take Providence. The math says uh, it should be a four and a half point spread, not three. So I'm laying the three. I like the number at three as well. There's a lot of ways we could win that. As the number gets higher, you have to start worrying about fouls and situations like that. So uh, if the number is a little bit higher, I'm much more nervous about this. But at three, I think this is a solid place of a B pick on Providence minus three in the first Big East semifinal. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you with Providence. Uh, they've just pulled magic out of a hat almost every every time. So those small numbers are good for them because the, like, the bigger the numbers they have trouble with because they let teams hang around, but they always seem to pull it out in the end. Um, I know they beat this Creighton team at home by 21 in their, the only matchup of the year. And so I think it's just a bad matchup for Creighton. I think Creighton's run comes to an end, especially with Nimhart. Nimhart being out, that's their most dynamic, like create your own, create his own shot guard. And without him, it, it really puts a kink in their offense. And uh, Providence has a really good matchup for their big guys with uh, Nate Watson and uh, Manaya. They can both, they're athletic enough to guard them around the perimeter and they're big enough to handle them in the paint. And Providence is a pretty good defensive team, but really guards a three-point arc very well, holding teams to 30.9 on the year. And in their last three, it's at 23.6. So without the three ball and no real guards that'll create, I think uh, A.J. Reeves and Al Durham will just kind of, and Jared Bynum will just kind of take over the game towards the end. And because I think it'll be a tight game, probably under 10. But I think at the end, those three guys will take over and, be able to score when Creighton can't. All right, Cousin Jared? So I'm kind of going to marry what the, the two of you just said. I think Providence is definitely the better team here, but I've seen enough interesting late-game situations from Providence <laughs> where I don't feel great laying the point. So I'm actually going to take a money line play on Providence here. Ooh, okay. Widely available at minus 160. I trust them to win the game but man just some of those those close games that they've played this year and barely covering i just in the tournament i just don't know if i, I trust them to cover that even even at that short number so i'm going to take money line minus 160. that's an interesting angle there and I, especially because as jake was talking i was thinking to myself it's like lane three with providence is they're probably gonna win by two right like and I, again the model says four and a half i'm just i'll lay the three right but like providence winning by two everyone would just be like yeah that seems about right you know yeah. so it's interesting that you went with that angle and, and and while we're here i think it is important to note because there's a lot of chatter on twitter about money lines and what's good value and not value or whatever and so i think the thing to keep in mind with money lines is that the reason people tend to say don't lay things greater than minus 110 is that it becomes it, it's not about if it's smart or not because the answer to the question of is it a smart play is convert that money line to probability so for the minus odds the way you do that is take that number and then divide it by that number plus 100 so jared you said minus 160 mm -hmm. okay so the way we convert that to probability is 160 divided by 160 plus 100 which is 260 so 160 divided by 260 i don't know what that is off the top of my head that's a percentage. If you think they win by more than win more than that percentage of the time, that's a valuable play. The issue that people have with money lines is their brains want to be like, oh, sure, they'll win. And it's not that yeah. simple, right? And so it's if you have a hard time understanding that, I would just say money lines can be dangerous, but that doesn't mean they aren't good investments. And the sharpest players, the pros, they absolutely take money lines when there is value. And so it's just you have to understand, is it a situation where 
the probabilities work out. So that's why people like me have built models. There's probability calculators out there you could find. So it's just something to think about there with, and, with the money line plays. Yeah, and, and just let the record show, I took none of that into consideration. Yeah. And I decided to play the money line here. It just makes my heart rate go down a little bit if Providence wins by two. So th that was my reasoning behind it. Totally fair, totally fair. <laughs> <laughs> Without further ado, let's get into the other biggie semifinal game, Connecticut versus Villanova. Villanova winning a fantastic game last night against St. John's. Uh, the spread here is Villanova minus three, total 131 and a half. I'm taking over 131 and a half. The model thinks it should be uh, closer to 133 and a half. I got Nova under yesterday. Um, but remember, we're not just playing teams, we're playing numbers and teams. And you hear the whole, like, you're playing numbers, not teams. I think that's a little bit foolish. You are playing the number and the team, right? It, it's both. And the idea here is, in my opinion, that we talked about Nova and St. John's yesterday. St. John's wants to speed that game up. Villanova knew that and wanted to slow them down. UConn doesn't want to speed the game up. They don't necessarily play super fast. They don't play overly slow, but they don't play fast by any stretch of the imagination they're not going to try to speed up so i don't think villanova is going in there saying our game plan is to slow the game down i think villanova is just going to go out there and play their normal game both offenses are incredibly efficient and so i think over makes a lot of sense i'm seven and four on uconn over edges ten and seven on villanova over edges and i'm just going to trust that nova's whole game plan entering tonight is not going to be how do we slow this team down because I don't think that makes a lot of sense against UConn. So I think that's going to allow us to get over that number of 131 and a half. Jake, can Villanova win and do it by more than three? Yeah, I, th I think they do. Um, I think this, these teams are built very, very similar, similarly with a really good guard leading the way with RJ Cole and Colin Gillespie. Um, that battle will be incredible to watch, watching those two guys go at it. Uh, I think this matchup leans more Villanova just because – one, Colin Gillespie has a little more to his game than R.J. Cole because of size. He's got more size, and he likes to back smaller guards in. And so I don't know where, like, who matches up with him because on uh, Connecticut's team. Because if you take R.J. Cole off of him, they've got the same problem, and it's worse size advantage as you go farther down the list because um, he's on the smaller on the smaller end. But the real key to this game is Sabongo and Dixon. Whoever outscores the other one is who wins the game. And that's that's what happened in the uh, previous two games. When Dixon outscored Sogongo, the Villanova won and won fairly easily. And the same thing happened with uh, UConn when uh, Sogongo won or outscored Dixon. So it's really key to see how those two guys are going because both teams don't really have a replacement for that player. Both teams have a thin bench. It's, it's really key to see who's out rebounding who because that's where these guys get both their shots. Um, the, and one of the big factors leaning Villanova here is Dixon can step out and shoot that three where Sagongo can't. And so that might pull him away from the bucket enough to open up things where on the other end, it's not as open for RJ Cole and the other guards for Connecticut. So I'm I'm not super confident in this, so I'm leaning Villanova, but uh, I still like him to do it. All right, Kissinger. So I, I haven't cleared this with my bosses here on the podcast, so I don't know if what I'm about to do is legal. Um, but 
everything seems spot on to me with this game. So my recommendation is sit this one out, guys. Um, right. Take in the sights and sounds of Madison Square Garden during the Big East tournament. It is a a great atmosphere. And I think one thing we can say is nothing ever, nothing crazy ever happens with UConn in the Big East tournament, right? Yeah. There's yeah. no way that no. You know, we would have a six overtime game or something no. like that. So hopefully this just turns out to be a, a great game. But from my perspective, I say nothing of value here. Just enjoy what's hopefully going to be a really good game. All righty. And then there are some interesting late games. Rather than talk about USC, UCLA, we're going to talk about the other late game, the late game you should watch, the midnight special, midnight Eastern time, wow. San Diego State versus Colorado State out in the desert. It's a pick em. The total is 124 and a half. I'm taking over 124 and a half. The model thinks it should be 126. Um, I don't really have anything fantastic to say. I'm going to turn it over to Jake, and then I'm going to hope Cousin Jared has some good nuggets as to why we should play the over, because I'm really just kind of trusting the math and saying, hey, if you're staying up late, you might as well root for points, because if you're not, you're going to fall asleep, right? That's really all I can say yeah. about it. Jake, who wins between San Diego State and Colorado State? This this game is like the unstoppable, unstoppable force for an immovable object, right? The San Diego State's defense and Colorado State's offense. It's going to be a fun one. They split them. And don't read too much into the numbers of the split because Colorado State had the worst game of their life and lost about 30 to San Diego State early in the year. And then the last game was a one-point game. It'll be much closer to that one-point game because Colorado State scored, I think, 40% of their points from the free throw line in the first game. They weren't making any shots. Um, so it really comes down to turnovers. Can San Diego State force Colorado State to turn the ball over? Because Colorado State is in the top five and not turning the ball over, and San Diego State is forcing around 15 turnovers a game. So which one of those kind of wins that battle? I just I lean Colorado State here. I actually like it more than I like UConn because – I don't think San Diego State has enough offense to really push them over the edge here in like a tournament style game. The defenses are great, but you still got to be able to score. They've got Matt Bradley, who's scoring is an incredible player, and he's scoring 15, 16, 17 a game, and it's up higher towards the end of the year. But they don't, after that, they have nobody else sniffing double digits. And I think Roddy is such a matchup problem that he really causes issues and a lot opens up three balls for Colorado State. And I think a few more of those go in than uh, the normal, and they win this one by less than five, probably around, probably around three. But that's where I think this game lands. All right, because Jared. I promise, guys, we we didn't plan this, but again, I'm gonna get kind of take what what both of both of you guys said here. So uh, you mentioned the unstoppable force versus a movable object. Well, actually, that's what's making the determination for me in this game because this time of year, I trust teams that can get that can get stops, and I'm not sure there's any team that I trust more to get a stop when they need it than San Diego State. So I'm actually on San Diego State here. And Professor, to your point uh, about this game going over. I know San Diego State, obviously, great defense and everything, but uh, since February 1st, they've had games where they've scored 72, 76, 75, 77, 73, 79. I can wow. definitely see this being one of those games, obviously, because of the offense that Colorado State has. Um, but, again, for me, this is just a play of when it comes down to it, I trust San Diego State to, to get some stops. And so I think the pick here is, is a great spot for them. All righty. And then that takes us to our solo Jake segment. I gave it another silly name yesterday and thus we won. So again, the one blip yes. in the radar this week, again, that's on me. 
I take responsibility for that. I've got another one for you today. Yesterday, we took some points with TCU, and that was taking the Jake. Today, we're going to lay some points. So this is laying with Jake. Oklahoma is playing Texas Tech. Texas Tech is a seven-point favorite. Why should we lay the points here today with Texas Tech? A fully healthy Texas Tech team is nasty. Um, but, uh, like, their defense is just nuts and insanely good. Uh, like, they just really, really great team. Uh, McCull- like, with Kevin McCuller coming back um, and him playing significant minutes last night, it really showed up how great that offense is when, when, when it gets going. And so now that They've got him back, and they're probably going on a little bit, a little more with that, and like getting him used to it. And Adamas Arms and uh, Shannon all coming through. It's going to be a, I think it's going to be much closer to that twenty point win that that they had against Oklahoma than that fifteen point loss that they had and that aberration of a game. Um, it's real like the only chance Oklahoma has is they don't have enough offense with Groves and Gibson. They really got to force a lot of turnovers, and that's just not their style. And the fact that the third leading scorer is uh, Jordan Goldwire, like watching him at Duke over the last four years has been absolutely ter- like terrible because on the offensive end he's a great defensive player, but man, watching him on the offensive end is he just struggles like crazy. So I, I don't think they've got enough to keep this one close. All righty, and then that takes us to our overtime A plays of the day. I've got six of them for you. We're going to have a couple of them early in the day. I'm going to start off 10.30 a.m. Central Time, Indiana. I'm taking them plus five versus Illinois. Indiana won a tight win yesterday. We know that they know how to lose close, so plus five makes a lot of sense here because they can lose by three, they can lose by four. We're all winners, right? So IU plus five versus Illinois I think makes – a lot of sense. Uh, I am six and three backing the Hoosiers. I think that's the side you want to be on there this morning at 1 p.m. Central LSU plus two versus Arkansas. LSU lost by one in Little Rock last time. I think the wrong team is favored here. At minimum, this should be a pickle. So getting plus two or money line, I think makes a lot of sense there in a toss up game where I might lean a little bit LSU, but at minimum, it's a, it's a coin toss. 2 p.m. Central, UAB minus five versus Middle Tennessee State. We've done well backing Middle Tennessee, but this line should be a lot higher. If Jefferson is out again, which it seems like he is, then even though I make the number seven and a half, it's probably higher than that. So my my number's making it seven and a half. If he plays, it probably should be more like six and a half. If he doesn't, it probably should be more like eight and a half. My number right now is kind of pegging it more in the middle. I think anything less than seven is a great play here. So I like UAB to cover the five. At 5 p.m. Central, I've got Texas A&M Corpus Christi plus five and a half versus Nickel State. These Southland games are wild. Way too many points here in this one, and anything can happen in that one. 9 p.m. Central, I'm going Portland State plus five. They've been really good to us lately against Northern Colorado. Making four backing Portland State and seven and four fading Northern Colorado, so I'm taking those five points with Portland State. I think they got a chance to win outright. They've been coming along really strong the last two months. And then the A-plus play of the day, 22-14-1 all-time here. I'm taking 11 a.m. Central morning tip here. I'm giving you Fordham plus 11 versus Davidson. I'm 7-2 and two backing Fordham. I've backed Davidson a lot this year. I like Davidson. This is just too many points. Davidson wins this game. They'll be up 9. There'll be 20 seconds to go. 
No need to foul. Davidson wins by nine. We get to the window with Fordham plus 11. Yeah, it, it uh, breaks my heart to go against MTSU here because they've been great to me all year. But with, with them losing Jefferson, it's uh, it's a rough, rough go. And UAB is really good, and they've got a great coach in Andy Kennedy. I think they get this done very easily. Jared, anything to add? Nothing to add here. That Fordham line I noticed was even money as well on the plus 11. So gotta got to love that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then that takes us to our buzzer beaters. I've got two more for you. Uh, got them both on Wednesday. Got them both on Thursday. Let's see if I can get them both on Friday here. The best B side, 5 p.m. Central. I've got some action. All the A's in there, right? Uh, Monmouth minus four and a half versus Ryder. We're nine and four backing Monmouth. Six and four fading Ryder. I like the number at four and a half. I think that's got some value there at four and a half. Maybe five is about the highest I'd go on there, but got some good value there on that number. So I think they win by six or seven. And then the afternoon delight here. We took Iowa over yesterday in the afternoon. Today, I'm switching it up. I'm not taking the over. I'm laying the points with Iowa minus six and a half. Rutgers has overperformed my numbers by about a point per game, but Iowa by four points per game, which is an insanely high number. Most teams are in the one or two range, but Iowa has been uh, fantastic. If the math says to back Iowa and the math's even underestimated just how good Iowa is, I think there's a lot to like with this here. Uh, six and three backing Iowa, 10 and six fading Rutgers. So Iowa by six and a half offers a lot of value in my opinion. Yeah, I love that Iowa pick. Interesting note, Keegan Murray, is, who's averaging tw- almost 24 points a game, is hitting 55% of his shots, which is just nuts when you consider that yeah. he is playing from all over the floor. So if he keeps that up, that's just an insane, insane number. Yeah. Um, yeah. But So my buzzer beaters, I'm, I'm just going to surprise everybody and go with Tennessee here and take a minus <laughs> six and a half against uh, Mississippi State. They just don't have enough offense to keep up with how this Tennessee team is playing and how they're shooting the ball right now. Tennessee's got a great defense. I think they run away with this one towards the end of the second half. And then hurts my heart to do this. I'm going to, I'm going with North Carolina. That leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But the minus two against a Virginia Tech team that I don't trust at all. I think North Carolina has really hit their stride here, figured out how to play. And I think they're going to cover this one fairly easy. All right, Cousin Jared. So I want to start this off with an honorable mention here. LSU Arkansas under 139. This is one of those where I can't quite get there right now. If if the line moves up, I'm probably going to take the under there. Um, But... This is one of those, like, a couple weeks ago, I said I might talk myself into something. I talked myself into it, like, 10 minutes after the podcast was over. So (laughs) this might be the same situation here. So just watch that LSU-Arkansas total. If that goes up, I'm definitely on the under there. Um, So other buzzer beaters, Colorado and Arizona under 148. We've talked all year about how Arizona can score, but we've also mentioned their defense is really good. So I like the under 148 there. Morgan State, Norfolk, Norfolk State. Over 140, don't ask, just trust me on this one. And then Cincinnati and Houston, under 133 and a half. Luke Fickle has a great defense there in Cincinnati. And Dana Holgerson, <laughs> the pace is really slow. Oh, wait, oh, sorry. I'm, I'm getting hung up on my Houston unders from, yeah. from the college yeah. football podcast. But most of the, that same stuff applies. Cincinnati likes to play low-scoring games. Houston with the short bench, if they get out by a lot, they don't have any incentive to run up the score. Um, so the under 133.5 in that Cincinnati-Houston game looks good to me. 
All righty, and that's all we've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder, check out that Google Sheet for picks on all of today's games not covered in this show. If you've done so yet, click that subscribe button to ensure all the college basketball content is dropped right into your feed. And hey, baseball's back, so we'll have some baseball content for you come April 7th. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll finish college basketball we'll go right into some baseball content. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. We will see you tomorrow for that live show, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. Be a subscriber, and you can join that chat and ask us questions about any of the games. Until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.